Welcome to the RIP Report. My name is RIP. Today's show is COVID is just the beginning of the playbook. What's next? Please subscribe, follow the show on Spotify Sketcher. Video version is available on Rumble. Uh, also available on Telegram at the RIP Report. Uh, now on with the show. Thanks for tuning into the show today, folks. Uh, as you know, as you can tell, all the premiers have gone off the rockers as Omicron continues to spread all over the place, making hospitals overrun. Again, hospitals overrun because you laid off all the unvaccinated people. Here's, a, here's an idea. Fix the system and let's see what happens with it. Uh, anyway, I got a quote here. Uh, this is what Jason Copping found outside of his house. He's the Alberta Health Minister. Uh, take a look at this. As you can see, folks, when it's all said and done at the end of these, uh, when the world finds out that COVID is no more than just a common cold, this is what's going to happen with all of these elected officials because they have taken away people's freedoms, rights, for two years unlawfully with no science, no back science data. All they keep coming out is saying what these numbers are and how we're overwhelming the healthcare system. Again, no data, no proof. Not even allowed to bring cameras in there. But uh, yeah, these people are, it's going to get worse and worse and worse for them. Uh, here's a video from Viva Fry. They basically just done a full lockdown in Quebec. And you can't even take your dog out for a walk from 10 to, uh, 10 to 5, which they have backtracked on that because... It's not science, but 
none of this is really science anyway take a listen to this clip new york city to what's going on in quebec people appreciate this we're under curfew now 10 to 5 in the morning as of uh this morning you couldn't walk your dog during curfew science restaurants are shut down you can't have private gatherings in your own home and you know i understand that sounds a little that that is already over the top but i was just talking with my wife and i said you we understand what that means no private gatherings in your homes restaurants are shut gyms are shut movies are well, if you ever went they're shut uh that means you cannot see people unless it's outside you cannot socialize you cannot be human you cannot have a life you cannot see family friends loved ones you can't even go to church if you're not vaccinated you can't do that because you just physically can't do that you can't have anyone outside your family bubble in your house private gatherings are outlawed uh restaurants are shut down and all all entertainment is shut down that means people are forced to live in isolation and what happens when you're in isolation you become easy to manipulate easy to make fear there's we all suffer from uh, anxiety some of us more or less than others anybody knows that when you are alone with your own thoughts and no one to bounce them off of and to keep them in check they can quickly spiral out of control so much so that you can have people actually saying, yeah, curfew is a good thing. We need that to be safe. But what you have are millionaires, and I'm not saying this to be hyperbolic. You have François Legault is worth 50 million. He just sold his house in Outremont for 5 million, bought a three and a half million dollar penthouse apparently. Uh, made a lot of money in the private sector that he's shutting down now before becoming prime minister, premier, sorry. These people are rich, exquisitely wealthy, elderly, vulnerable and are not impacted by the measures that they're implementing and imposing on the rest of free society. These are the people who are emotionally, spiritually, and physically vested in the decisions that interested in the decisions they're making, and they have nothing to suffer from the consequences as far as the policymakers go. And then as far as the people who are so terrified, they will berate someone and, and verbally accost someone if their mask is down. Those people have been left alone with their thoughts and the only people to bounce them off of are the ones feeding them the Kool-Aid. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a sad, sick, and depressing thing. And I say it's, remind me, I'm gonna come back to this. I'm enraged, but let me get back on. Here's a clip from Dr. Fauci, or Dr. Fauci, sorry, about, uh, this was back in May 19th, 2020, uh, taken down, hasn't been seen from since. Uh, luckily, the web, you can never erase it once it's on the web. But anyway, here's exactly what he means about science. Take a listen to this. This were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and it was for any vaccine that we wanted to make. You would say a vaccine from the time you start to the time it's approved to be safe and effective is several years, five, six, seven years. That's unacceptable for now. So what happened is that as soon as we got the sequence of the virus from the Chinese, we pulled it out of the public database and stuck the gene into a vaccine platform and worked on it literally within a day of when it came out. 65 days later, namely two days ago, we gave the first injection to a normal volunteer for a phase one trial to see if it's safe. That's the fastest that's ever been done. That's the good news. The challenging news is that even at that rocket speed, it's gonna take a few months to show that the initial safety is okay. Then you go into a phase two trial, 
which instead of involving 45 people, which we have in the phase one trial, it involves hundreds if not thousands of people. That will take another six to eight months to even know if it works. So at the fastest we can go, it's going to take a year to a year and a half to know if we have a vaccine that we can use. There's another element to safety, and that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response, and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. There was the history of the respiratory syncytial virus vaccine in children, which paradoxically made the children worse. One of the HIV vaccines that we tested several years ago actually made individuals more likely to get infected. So you can't just go out there and give it. Well, thank you, Dr. Fraci, for explaining exactly how vaccines work. I'm still a little curious why the mandatory vaccination on everybody. Uh, anyway, take a listen to these couple of uh, reports coming out. One's in a, a doctor who's in Australia, I believe this one is, and the other one is a n news agency reporting on vaccinations and how Omicron is going. Uh, anyway, listen to these. Um, 141 people are in hospital with COVID at present and 43 are in intensive care, 18 of whom require ventilation. So this is a very serious disease. Of those 141, 60 um, are under the age of 55 and 28 under the age of 35. And of the 43 people in intensive care, uh, one is in their teens, seven are in their 20s, three are in their 30s, 14 are in their 50s and 12 are in their 60s and six are in their 70s. So this is affecting people of all ages with very serious disease. All but one um, are vaccinated. One person has just received one dose of vaccine. All but one um, are vaccinated. One person has just received one dose of vaccine. In COVID news, some are predicting the imminent end of the so-called pandemic. South Africa, which has the highest incidence of the Omicron variant, is experiencing such mild symptoms that its own medical panel is recommending that the government stop all quarantining and contact tracing as totally needless. Meanwhile, data from Denmark and Ontario, Canada, reveal the majority of those now infected with COVID are among the vaccinated, proving major vaccine failure. There we go. We hear it again, folks. We keep hearing how it's the vaccinated that are overwhelming the healthcare system. No, no, it's the unvaccinated. No, actually, every one of these reports keeps saying vaccinated. Even Dina Henshaw herself, his words were twisted by me, the media. This is how it works. The media will then twist their words and play cover for these people. You'll continue to hear from useless talking piece to useless talking piece to useless talking piece. Henshaw, Kenny, Trudeau, they're no more than puppets. 
They're no more than being controlled by the real people in power. We'll touch on that subject about who's in power here in a few minutes, but uh, I just wanted to show you this report. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was back on the Pat McAfee show talking a lot about what mainstream media doesn't want you to hear. Take a listen to Aaron Rodgers here. I've gotten accused of spreading misinformation uh, when I talk about my, you know, the treatment plan that I used uh, to get better that's been used by a number of people and doctors. If you watched uh, Dr. McCullough on Rogan, who's, he's a cardiologist, epidemiologist, he goes at length to talk about, and he's double vaxxed, he talks about the treatment plans that he uses with people. I think one of my issues, and I've, I've brought this up many times, is one, they don't talk about the fact that uh, you know, guys are, are getting better using this. This uh, people are getting better using these things. That's fine. You don't want to talk about that. But how come in a league where we're seeing what fifty-one guys on the list yesterday, 100. there's still zero conversation, at least publicly, around treatment options for people that that test positive? I do know behind the scenes, this is one hundred percent true. There are many teams who are using or recommending a lot of the same treatments that I got for their players. So Dr. Joe Rogan? There's treatments being talked about behind closed doors, but publicly I don't understand why we can't talk about treatments. And, and because I think it needs to be not just talked about with the NFL players, but with the rest of the country, that there are ways of, whether it's Delta or Omicron, it seems like there's, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of major symptoms. But if you have Delta like I did, there's treatment options that actually help. You know, and, and if you don't agree with the ones I use, well, let's come up with some other ones. You know, instead of like sticking a person, you know, putting 10 days in an isolation, you know, with, and, and not able to see anybody in zero treatment options. And to me, that's just, if science can't be questioned, it's not science anymore, it's propaganda. Ooh, you're gonna start some shit. <laughs> that's I mean, that's the truth. What, what, when, when somebody comes out with a, with a scientific study, right, what do they always say? They say it's a peer-reviewed, right? What does that mean? It means that people in the same field have gone through it and questioned the hypothesis and questioned the research and looked it up to see, does this research stand up? That's what science is all about. It's about forming hypotheses, questioning those, testing those, and then releasing the results. That's, I mean, when did science become this blind uh, agreement with, uh, w and then not having any debate over what can actually heal people and, and work for people. Well, that makes sense to me. Well, Aaron, the, the reason is, is because as soon as you say one of the things you just said, and you said a lot of things there, so I want to let you know, I appreciate you speaking your truth, how you feel. Well, a 500 page report is something that kind of gets thrown aside whenever they talk about you, but they hear you say one thing, so they think you're against a massive amount of doctors that have said, hey, this is what we should be doing, this is what we should do, and that's how they get all their information. Now, granted, I have been very open. Charles Barkley came on here and said he's a vaccination guy, and he gave his reasons why he promoted it, and I was thankful for that. I think everybody, situations are situational. They should understand that the other side exists, and you just so happen to be one of the faces of one of the sides that some people don't know or appreciate that they exist, and as a society, I think we got to get to a point where Let's just fucking move along here. Right, Aaron? Is there anything that's going to come that's going to change your mind on all this or no? Look, I think at the core is that I don't have a problem if somebody gets vaccinated. Okay? that It's your body, your choice. Hey, I'm vaccinated, by the way. I'd like to let everybody know. Awesome. You made a decision you thought was in your best interest. 
and I researched, and I have other issues. You know, my, my, I'm talking about my allergy, like to the mRNA vaccinations. Like, but I made a decision that was in the best interest of my body. And that's what it should be. There should be the freedom to choose what's in your best interest, not, uh, you know, uh, mandates uh, sweeping that, that disregard people who have pre-existing conditions or uh, compromised immune systems, autoimmune diseases, or allergies to ingredients in the vaccine. That, that puts you in a whole different category. And that should be okay. And also, it's, it's, you're making decisions for your body. I, what I don't understand is vaccinated people blaming non-vaccinated people because the vaccine that they took to avoid getting the virus didn't stop them from getting the virus. Well, I want to let you know that you probably are going to get a lot of mentions about how much they hate what you feel, but I feel like you've been very consistent. You, I mean, you've been consistent, though, Aaron. I'm sharing my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I get it. That's what people hammer me most about. But I consulted with a number of doctors, MDs, naturopaths, homeopathic doctors, and figured out what worked best for me. Okay? I'm not some uneducated person who's throwing stuff out. You want to rip on me because I took horse dewormer and whatever else you want to talk about, that's fine. But I also got better in 48 hours, and I had symptoms. Here's one of the funniest things I heard over the holidays. Uh, Jason Kenny was doing a news report with Global, uh, his New Year's report. Anyway, uh, listen to what he has to say on here. It is, it's actually quite comical. We have to think that, that children should know what our history is, is as Canadians, good, bad, and, and indifferent. What, you know, how our institutions, our parliamentary democracy develop. We obviously the history of our indigenous people on, on these lands and their ongoing contribution. Um, the, uh, how, the, the things like the rule of law, how did that develop in our system? So uh, our military history, we think kids should know about 120,000 Canadians who who made it the ultimate sacrifice in the defense of our freedoms. This requires teaching actual content, and that's really what we're trying to get at through the Reform Social Studies curriculum. Oh, as you can hear, folks, Jason Kenney has gone completely uh, nuts over this. Uh, I'm not quite sure how 120,000 people fighting for our freedom... Oh, wait, is, or is it 120,000 people fighting for the fact that we can push a vax pass down people's ass? You know what, Jason? You're nothing more than a talking headpiece. You're like every other useless politician. You tell people what they want to hear, and then you do, you do the complete opposite when you think their back's not turned. You're a useless, corrupt politician. Since we're already talking about useless politicians, uh, here's a little clip I've got for you. This is what happens in the House of Commons. And then we wonder why we pay these people a six-figure salary to do this. Take a look. The Minister of Middle Class Prosperity, who is a member of Parliament here in Ottawa. What is the average cost for a home in the city of Ottawa? The Honourable Minister. Uh, Mr. Speaker, my uh, title is the Minister of Tourism and Associate Minister of Finance. I'm sure my Honourable colleague across the way knows that. But let me say, Mr. Speaker, 156,000 jobs. The Honourable Member for Carleton. The Minister of Treasury Board uh, can help uh, by telling us the average cost of a house in uh, the, the nation's capital. The Honourable Minister. Mr. Speaker, I want to say 106% of jobs have been recovered since the lowest point of the pandemic. Member for Carleton. What is the uh, average increase in house prices since this government took, house, uh, took office? Uh, 
uh, f uh, in 2015. The Honourable Minister. Mr. Speaker, Canada's economy contracted by 17% between February and April 2020, the largest and most sudden contraction in real GDP since the Great Depression, and we're already back. Honourable Member for Carleton. Just the average house price. The Honourable Minister. 5.5 million Canadians lost their jobs, and they're all back. Member for Carleton. And what would they pay for the average house? The, the in 2020, unemployment rated more than doubled from a pre-pandemic level of 5.7% to a record of 13.7%, 6% now. Member for Carleton. I think there's a problem with the audio in the <laughs> chamber. The question was, what is the average cost of a house in Canada today? The Honourable Minister. Mr. Speaker, our government has made historic investments in housing affordability, and we will continue to do so. The Honourable Member for Carleton. And how affordable are such houses? The Honourable Minister. Mr. Speaker, our government has made historic investments in housing. We will continue to do so so that housing is affordable for all Canadians. Honourable Member for Carleton. If so, how much have house prices uh, increased since this government took office? The Honourable Minister. Mr. Speaker, let's talk about how it is possible for people to afford their houses with good employment. And that's why employment income fell by an unprecedented $28 billion during the, percent, or during the pandemic. Yeah, there looks like a lot of money well spent. Uh, you can't even ask a question and get a proper answer anymore. This is exactly the world we're living in right now. Oh, everyone needs a vaccine. Why? Oh, well, because we bought all of these boots. Like, this, these people are just stupid. Like, you can't even answer a question about how much it costs to buy a house in Ottawa. Like, these politicians are getting crazy. Um... Alberta Children's Hospital right now, they, you can't even have a baby in the Alberta Children's Hospital right now because they don't have any staff. Well, you probably shouldn't have laid everyone off who refused the Vax Pass. Remember, vaccine, it's a choice. It's a personal choice. My body, my choice. You want to talk about my body, my choice? Antarctica, they have Expedition out there right now, fully vaccinated crew, and they have a breakout of COVID. How? in the middle of nowhere so it goes again to tell to tell people i believe COVID is in the vaccine how else could COVID have gotten to antarctica and affected these people if they're all vaccinated it makes no sense these people are just getting stupider and stupider as we go and uh the world needs to wake up to this we need to wake up to it now um i got a couple of clips uh, where it's going you think as I mentioned at the title, COVID is just the beginning of this. We got in Sweden. Now, uh, let's put our Vax Pass into our fingers and put it in a chip so then we don't have to worry about carrying all these papers with us. No, that's not a conspiracy. Here's the actual article of it. You can read it in the RIP report. Um, where, where's the world headed? Where are we turning to? What's going to happen with us next? It's... Uh, it's quite an interesting topic to think about when you go into things and look at it. Um, remember the Great Reset. By 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Here's a couple of clips from the World Economic Forum and one also from the WHO, who says we should be have everyone, 70% of the population vaccinated by July of 2022. Why July? What happens in July? Maybe those are questions that useless media should ask. Uh, anyway, here, listen to these. Uh, on inclusive digital ID for a resilient recovery from COVID-19. Uh, we can take the moment of what's happening today to, to make some significant changes for digital uh, transformation. 
I speak today with two hats as the World Bank's Managing Director for Development Policy uh, Partnership and as Raj mentioned, as Chair of the High-Level Advisory Council of our Identification for Development and Government to Persons Payment Initiative. The importance of our, our mission, uh, the whole ID4D is about digital ID and all of us today take our ID for granted. Uh, all of us have legal ID and most likely also a, a digital ID. And it has been the gateway uh, for us to participate in the economy, uh, participate in all things uh, that, we, that are about uh, living and about uh, accessing to essential services. The times of today, the way we are uh, seeing how the COVID-19 pandemic has um, evolved and uh, has actually emphasized the need for such a digital ID system. And uh, we all know that the trusted digital ID system is only one of the core building blocks of what's called the stack, that together with digital payments and data interoperability and shared services can be transformational for not just delivering the social assistance that we are seeing happening, but also to build an inclusive and resilient uh, digital economy and societies. And I really uh, want to acknowledge uh, that this reach and scale of impact would not be possible without support of our partners, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the UK government, the French government, and the Ovidyar uh, network. So we really look forward to continuing to scale up our thought leadership, our convening power, our advice and financing to help countries have a resilient recovery and emerge from this crisis stronger and more inclusive than before and use the opportunity to accelerate digital transformation at the same time. To vaccinate 70% by the middle of 2022, we have 185 days to the finish line of achieving 70% by the start of July 2022. And the clock starts now. You heard it from our own mo, folks, the World Economic Forum. They want everything digital, digital currency, digital everything. Guess what they're doing right now? They've already made it. So you have to have a digital health record. So that's step one. Where's the next steps and the next steps and the next steps? This needs to end now. People need to uh, wake up and start doing this. And it's starting to happen across the world. I got a couple of clips of the Netherlands. And I got a couple clips of some other places. You can see where we go. I also have one clip in there about Bill Gates. Uh, I'll play the Bill Gates clip first. Just watch his smug reaction when he mentions you're going to need a Vax Pass to get Social Security. Like this is the this is their plan. They're mentally masturbating over this right now because they have full control of you and everything you do. You are nothing more than a slave to these people. Uh, Social Security. Uh, you need to be vaccinated if you want to get. Uh whatever whatever benefits uh, they give you need to be vaccinated They say there's about 3 million people out there in Brazil. As you can tell, there's a lot of people and they're getting larger and larger everywhere. Uh, I got a picture here from the Netherlands. Um, you can find a whole bunch more uh, all on Telegram because uh, Twitter, Facebook, all them, they censor, ban. They don't want people knowing the actual truth of what's going on in the world. 
Uh, but the Great Reset, it's coming quick, folks. Uh, right now, they've already got us in phase one where you're going to have to have your vax, your health information all digitally ID'd. So there's step one already moving in place. It's got to stop now. Do you think these people are going to stop and change? No. Why? They're criminals. Ask yourself, does a criminal tell the truth? No. A criminal will sit there and lie and lie and lie till the end. Fortunately, these are the criminals we elected into government. And these people are bought and paid for multiple times and we need to vote them out of office. We need to get these people out of office now. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Um, we'll have a new one for you here soon. Hopefully you guys all have a safe and happy week and we'll talk to you next time. Ah!